This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Let's play some football! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome back to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, as always, Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. Before I bring David in, as we are now at week zero, we do have college football this weekend. But also this weekend, Homefield Apparel unveils its Ole Miss collection on Saturday, 12 p.m. Central Time. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Promo code TOC23 will get you 15% off. I've seen the collection. Uh, It is very, very, very good. I think everybody is going to enjoy it very much. And nowhere better to get your Ole Miss swag than homefieldapparel.com. They can't miss kickoff 2023. Countdown is underway. They are unveiling new items all week. Iowa State had a jacket yesterday. Today, you've got Baylor and I believe TCU, if I remember correctly. Um, They are rolling out. Yes, TCU and Baylor bomber jackets came out today. They'll be doing stuff all week. Um, 
You've got a new collection that is Ole Miss on Saturday. They've got some football bundles on Sunday coming out. Um, and then next week as well, they will unveil um, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s uh, champions collections as well. So big stuff coming from Homefield Apparel. TOC23 is the promo code, 15% off. Saturday, August 26th, that is when uh, Ole Miss fans will be very, very happy as it is a long-awaited line that will be up for your purchase. David, good morning. We both had uh, quite the adventures getting our workday started as uh, tiny humans can uh, make a, you know make something that normally takes a couple minutes. You know, it can make it maybe take 10, 15 minutes. But good morning and welcome into the show. Dad life. Woo! Mm. Yeah, no, it's... It's all good. Good to be here as always. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into it. ESPN. Um, Mark Schleybaugh uh, released a bunch of predictions for the SEC. We're going to kind of run around um, the docket here, take a look at who they think, uh, some award winners, some impact players, and then predictions for the conference. And... Um, a predicted finish as well, which is interesting um, with what they have rolling out. So um, champion, obviously it's Georgia. No shock there. Um, offensive player of the year, Brock Bowers, tied in from Georgia. Defensive player of the year, Harold Perkins Jr. The first prediction we'll get into, and we could probably do an entire podcast on this one just because of what it entails. Texas A&M's Bobby Petrino wins the Broyles Award, which goes out to the top assistant in the country. We talked about this Ooh. already. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the, about that, but it's. I mean, we keep we've said it on this show, and I've said it to other people, and I don't think I'm crazy because several other people have said it. Until Jimbo proves that he can put it all together in one season, I just don't believe that they can get it done. And with that, I don't believe Bobby Petrino can can win the Brawls Award. Now, I guess he could technically still win it if they have an impressive showing offensively and go eight and four or nine and three. Um, but I figure somebody from a more marquee program, top five program that has a similar year will win it. I. I don't know. I got to I got to see a couple games before I buy into that because I still don't think Jimbo's going to let him call plays. Yeah, I mean that's the big one for me. What will Bobby be allowed to do? And not that not that I think that Jimbo won't you know delegate a little bit, but that's that's a lot of high-level cooks in the kitchen right there. Uh, right. Just, you know, two veteran coaches who have obviously done it their way for a long time. I mean, just hearing stories about both of those guys. So it could work. And maybe because it's sort of a, you know, probably close to a last chance for Jimbo, at least at Texas A&M and certainly Bobby trying to make it work coming back up uh, from Missouri state. I think both those guys will be motivated, but that's just, it's a lot of egos. It's a lot of, you know, I, I just, I want to see it first. I'm kind of like you. <laughs> yeah. And also it's just, they weren't good last year. They were right. Exactly. 
they were 13th in the SEC in scoring. They were 11th in rushing and 10th in passing. Um, so I think now, it's it's smart to expect like a improvement, but is that going to be the sure. Royals award? Right. I mean, like you can yeah. see something where Texas A&M is more middle of the pack in the SEC and certainly improves at some aspects of its offense, but right. that's, a, that's a really big jump. And I get, I mean, like a lot of times people who win those sort of awards, they have a jump like that because obviously they stick out more than anybody else. So I guess like the, the, the ground has been laid for Bobby Petrino to win that award just because he, he has such a mountain to climb. And I yeah. think that's what you need, but I, I, I think he'll get about halfway up that mountain, not to the peak this year. It's funny because Schleyball has this as a prediction, but then also has Jimbo Fisher as the coach on the hot seat. Yeah, I know. Those two kind of feel like they're in conflict a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, maybe as his predicted order of finish, he does have AM finishing nine and three. I don't think that gets Jimbo fired. I mean, a seven right, and five, is, it's got to be seven and five or worse to get him fired. To where you're like, oh, right. Petrino wins the Broyles and just takes over as head coach. Um, but yeah, nine and three, he's safe. I would think so. I mean, like, you know, as we've talked about before, all records, even if they are numerically the same, aren't the same, depending on who you right. lose to, how the season goes. It was like last year, you know, like Ole Miss was, you know, rolling and then kind of falls apart late and it just had a different feel than I think a lot of people – you know, it just eight and five felt a little different. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is, and I'm, I'm reading Schleybo's prediction now, but yeah, Tex Texas A&M, I think one way or the other is going to be fascinating because I, I just don't think the status quo is going to do very much longer there anymore. You know what I mean? There's something has got to happen there. Yeah. Know? I was going to say it's, it's kind of at the point of no return at, at this point where, Right. All the the hype around that hire and you win a national championship at Florida State. We, you know, as as AM fans, we expect you to do that here. Um they signed the best recruiting class ever in the history of recruiting. And now it's not gonna be you know, ASAP after that, because they're still 18 year olds, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a huge disappointment. And you know, Connor Wegman's the guy. I think he's a good quarterback. He he came on late in the year. He played really well against Ole Miss and made that one a much closer game than it actually was. Um, yeah, he looked good at times. With a couple impressive drives. And, I mean, now it's, you know, it's put up a shut-up time for Jimbo and the Aggies. I think Wegman will be good. Evan Stewart is an outstanding talent. And uh, Anaya Smith is back. I, they have everything on paper. Now, can they put it together? I mean, I think they'll be fine. Like, I, it would be really something for them to go seven and five and just completely unravel. I think they're too talented to do that, and the non-conference will allow them to, you know, have a four and zero head start. Um, but I think that's a little, that's a little much to say that Petrino wins the Broyles Award in year one. Yeah, I mean, if it if he does, then a lot of things are going right. But yeah, it's just the the feel getting back to just Texas A&M, like something has to happen this year. They they can't mm -hmm. just tread water again. I think either they're going to ascend into the top 10 or 15 nationally, 
or they're going to completely fall apart. Like, like you said, yeah. the seven and five, six and six, and either, you know, Petrito's offense is awesome and he gets elevated or they go an entirely different direction. I just, I just can't see Texas A&M treading water again for a, for another year with a, you know, fourth place finish in the West. I mean, there's, there's gotta be something. I'm not saying they got to go 11 and one or anything like that for Jimbo to keep mm-hmm. his job, but they've got to have a couple really good wins to hang their hat on really be in the national conversation for a while. Things there's got to be a real turn this year. I think. I agree. I, yeah, I'm not buying it. Um, all right. Next prediction. Schleyball thinks LSU beats Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Um, I tend to lean with this one, mainly because I, who's the quarterback in 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 Alabama? Who's it going to right. be in Tuscaloosa? Like that, I don't think they know. Um, I and I was, it's not a great place to be on August twenty second. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I mean, you. It, we've talked about it enough. I mean, you're, you're going out and getting a quarterback after your spring game. That's not good. It's not a good sign. Right. Um, I was at the IMG Lipscomb Academy game on Friday and there were, you know, everybody was there like 4,500 people there, give or take, um, tons of national analysts were there. Scouts, player personnel, people. I mean, it was packed. Um, and I was walking around the sideline and I was talking to a buddy who's, a um, a national analyst and a guy that's been around college football for a long time. And he actually said it. I didn't even bring up Alabama, but um, we we were, well, actually I did. I take that back. I misspoke. I brought up Drake Kirkpatrick jr. Committing to Alabama, Uh which was a shock for several reasons. One Missouri had a ton of buzz and a ton of momentum on the recruiting trail and thought that they were landing him, but he ends up following in his father's footsteps and going to Alabama um, also trying to do the math and figure out when he was born and, and how that <laughs> pertains to <laughs> his dad, you know, who was playing at Alabama when I was in college. Um, but after we, we talked about that and, uh, my buddy was like, man, Alabama's kind of slipping a little bit. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, eh, you know, like there's still Alabama. There, there's still some remnants there, but he was like this it's like the second year in a row. They're kind of slipping a little bit with recruiting. Um, so which is hilarious to hear and like someone say it with a straight face. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far yet, but they don't know who the quarterback is. And I don't know if Nick Saban's ever been in this situation or maybe the last time he was, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. I was about to say, I'm, I'm, I, I have seen this enough. I'm not going to totally bet against Alabama at this point, or particularly right. Nick Saban. Uh, respect the tide, but yeah, uh, it it is a different feel right now for whatever reason around Alabama and the SEC. I mean, you know, for a solid decade there. I mean, they were you know, the, the monster of the league uh, for the better part of the year it was Alabama and then everybody else kind of falls in behind. And it just doesn't have that same feel right now. I certainly think Alabama's in the mix. And if you told me they won the SEC title this year, that wouldn't shock me. But 
you know, LSU's really good. Georgia's really good. Tennessee's really good. There's not any separation there. And if anything, it, it looks like at least at the moment that Georgia in particular has passed them. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, betting against Nick Saban is always dangerous. It is. And as far as this prediction goes, though, I mean, I certainly think LSU is ahead of them right now on August 22nd. Yeah, absolutely. That's another game. I just checked the schedule. That's that's fairly late in the season, November 4th. And so, you know, I think Alabama has time to figure out their quarterback situation. I think, you know, a lot of things could happen between now and then. Um, you know, I think if everybody's reasonably, reasonably healthy, LSU has a, a good of a chance as it ever does going in there and, and winning. I think that's a I mean, I'll be watching. I know that, but uh, right. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that prediction, but I I think it's essentially a toss up. You look at what they did last year. Bryce Young bailed them out time and time and time and time yes, again. Yes, he did. Yes, I mean, he, did. he he was special, and I mean, saw it firsthand. Bailed him out in Oxford. They probably lose that game by 10, 13 points if they don't have Bryce Young. Yeah, um, oh, no question. And the crazy thing is, as special as he was and elusive and slippery, Alabama still surrendered 167 tackles for loss and 63 sacks the past two seasons combined. Which is unheard of because a lot of people consider Alabama to be you know, offensive line you with how many right. guys they put in the league. And they were bad the last two seasons at, you know, just your basic run blocking and protecting the quarterback. And, you know, 63 sacks, what what is that number if it's not Bryce Young back there? Um, right. And, and sometimes, like, you know, I cover a team here, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, where Kyler, when he's healthy, is the quarterback. And his running around, that can be – that can be tough to block for sometimes if everybody's not on the same page. Like it, it sounds counterintuitive. Sure. But having a guy that moves around and stuff like that. So I, I mean, Bryce, you know, yeah, how, how many of those no sacks idea. were, were run into? Yeah. Right. Exactly. We're, we're Bryce trying to make a play, you know, the offensive line didn't know where he was going. Like it, it, you know, sometimes the chaos of having a playmaking quarterback obviously can work in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. And so I, I'm not, trying to defend Alabama I just sometimes that's difficult but um but yeah I just I think that those numbers and that analysis just continues to fall in the in the barrel of Alabama being very very good still and certainly having that potential to maybe leap up as the best team in the country once again but it, it's it's been a minute since they've been yeah. that team and and I think that it's, you know, and college football more than maybe any other sport is a what have you done for me today sport. So we'll see. Oh yeah, I mean you you this is a sport that if you don't win big in two three years you're out. Well, that's which like is, you were talking about you know insane. Jimbo bringing an eighteen year olds like it doesn't matter anymore. Like you better like maybe not the first year, but by that second year you better with the transfer portal it better start looking a lot better. Yeah. Um, the final prediction Slayball put out, I could see this one, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Carson Beck is a Heisman Trophy finalist. This one right here to me screams Troy Smith. Um, 
you, you, you know, uh, it screams Jason White, where it's just <laughs> it's just a quarterback that is <laughs> that is well, Crouch did no, a lot no, of it that, on his that's own. Unfair. But, that's yeah, unfair. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, my like bad. Eric, Eric, if you're listening, my bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I was I was a huge I was a huge Eric Crouch guy. I um, like Derek Crouch too. I just like, you know, he didn't end up having a 15 year NFL career. <laughs> he probably could have, if he had listened to people and gone to receiver, but, uh, but yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a quarterback that's going to be surrounded by a ton of talent and a really good team overall and a really good defense. And they're going to go undefeated. And I don't know why, but the quarterback is going to get all the credit there. Where I was about to say like the, the quarterback for the best team in the country if that's usually has a good chance to be a Heisman trophy finalist, that's fair or not. That's it's, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that prediction either because of what you just said, but yeah, I don't know if Carson Beck will legitimately be one of the best three or four players in the country. It's, it's reminiscent of when somebody wins the Super Bowl and the owner gets to go on the, stage first and like talk <laughs> first like you didn't do anything you didn't right. play it's any like, of these games it's like thank you for signing the checks but come on man yeah yeah thanks for uh thanks for yeah writing your name on a piece of paper over and over but um yeah i mean george is gonna be really good they're, they're they've got a ton of talent lab mcconkey's back we already talked about brock bowers they get Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett from Missouri. So they still got a lot to replace on a defense, but uh, come on, it's Kirby Smart, it's Georgia. The machine is is built, everything. Right. Uh, there's been plenty of WD-40 applied throughout the offseason. It's going to be running in ship shape uh, by this time next week. So, um I could buy it, like you said, just because an undefeated number one team in the country, the quarterback is is now. I, I guess it's a little unfair for me to say that's not the reason they're there. The quarterback still has to do things, but I don't know. Is this going to be one of those where you know AJ McCarron was on some really good Alabama teams and he was never a Heisman finalist? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to be. I, it it does matter to some degree, like what kind of numbers you put up and stuff like that. So if, you know, he's just good and solid and the defense kind of leads into a 12 game. And I don't, I don't think it like automatically makes you a Heisman finalist, but like I said, when you're the quarterback for the best team in the country, you're at least going to get some of that buzz. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of these predictions go, um, predicted order of finish by Mark Schleyball of ESPN Georgia undefeated wins the East Tennessee at nine and three. He has Kentucky, Kentucky feels high Kentucky nine and three. High. That's putting a lot of stock into Liam Cohen and Devin Leary. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Kentucky's kind of one of those always prove it schools to me too. I mean, Mark Stoops has done a really nice job there of making that program, you know, a, uh, solid year in and year out and yeah. they are in a much better place than they were. And I, I think that hires worked out better than most people have thought that's gone really well, but nine and three. Ooh, that's a, there are a couple, couple things in the East that I don't agree with. I don't agree with Kentucky. I think that's too much. I think Kentucky could go eight and four, seven and five, but nine and three seems a lot. That's South Carolina at seven and five. I think South Carolina wins more than seven games. 
think you um, could flip those two teams. That's what I would do personally. I I agree. I, I'm high on South Carolina. I think Spencer Rattler is going to have a special season. I think Shane Beamer's got that program going in the right direction, and I think they're better than Kentucky at this point. The only other thing I don't agree with, Vanderbilt at four and eight. I think Vandy's going to be better. I think Vandy could go six and six. I haven't looked at their schedule. I think uh, we can do it right now. I, I think AJ right, Swan. They is... play in week one, so it's yeah. They're playing Hawaii on Saturday. Let's let, let's go ahead and run through it, and then we can get into week zero matchup. So, all right, Saturday, Hawaii at home, six thirty. I mean, you want to talk about time zones and climate differences there? Um, I mean, it's going to be as muggy and soupy as all get out on on Saturday at six thirty p.m. Um, and you've got, you know, I saw the MHSWA um, Mississippi High School Athletic Association announced today that if schools both agree, they can move back kickoff times for Friday to 8 p.m. because of the heat. Um, no, it looked, I've, I've been checking the my weather.com app and my mom and dad still live in Jackson. They've been talking, it looks crazy hot down there this week. Yeah. Okay, so you open with Hawaii. That's a win, in my opinion. Hawaii is one of the worst teams in college football. This is an interesting schedule now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's got some twists and turns. You got Alabama A&M in week two. That's a win. Then you travel to Wake Forest for a 10 a.m. kick. I think Vandy gets it done on the road here. I think this is where you figure out just how good they can be. I think they That's win. That's kind of what I was saying. That's sort of the the turning point game for me on what I'll decide with their season. But they can yeah. win that game because 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 Sam Hartman's like he's gone. He's another name. Um, and I, I think that it's just I like I do like um Dave Clawson. I think he's a great coach. But I think they're going to take a step back this year. After that, you've got UNLV. I think that's a win. Then you've got Kentucky and Missouri in back-to-back weeks. Talk about it's, a backloaded schedule, man. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is almost like Ole Miss last year. Um, so right now I got one, two, three, four, and oh. You lose to Kentucky, four and one. Missouri at home. That's a free shot. And, and you honestly get Kentucky at home, too. That's a free shot, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not – now, does Kentucky probably win that game? Probably. But, I mean, I, I don't think Kentucky – we'll see. I want to see them in the first few weeks. But I'm not I'm not crowning them quite yet. But this is interesting because you give Vanderbilt, like, a runway. Like you say, say they go to Wake Forest to get it done. You know, they're 3-0, and and then you beat UNLV. You're 4-0 and going in that Kentucky game. I, You know, you got some runway to figure some stuff out and, and maybe turn yourself into a an interesting team. Um, and then it starts getting crazy after Missouri. You got Florida, Georgia, yeah. Ole Miss, Auburn, now, South Carolina, Tennessee. Now, in the swamp is going to be hard. I just don't think Florida is going to be any good. I don't think Florida is that good either. But, yeah, I, I'm not – Sure, and Florida and Florida's lost dumber games at home. Oh, I, I, I was witness to one back in two thousand, whatever that was, eight, seven. Oh, two thousand eight with Ole Miss, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just don't. 
I don't believe in Florida. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be, you know, a cakewalk whatsoever, but I just got a sneaky feeling there. So let's give them. So we're saying they lose to Kentucky. Are we saying they lose to Missouri or are they beating Missouri? Well, if you want to get them to six and six, they're pretty much going to have to beat Missouri, I think. So let's say you got them starting out four and oh, lose to Kentucky four and one. Five and one. And then let's say they lose to Florida and Georgia and Ole okay. Miss. So they're five and four. But I think they can beat Auburn at home, possibly. That's because because at that point, at that point, Tennessee, right? If at that point, what does Auburn look like? Right. I mean, that's November fourth. Is does does Hugh Freeze have that rolling, or is that program in disarray? I mean, we've seen Auburn do. Auburn is never a sure thing, but uh, but they could also be really good. I'm not. I think you know, for all of Hugh Freeze's, let me be the first to say, Hugh Freeze can coach football. And he can coach offensive football, and I think he will be highly motivated to make that work. So, who knows? This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I don't know. I just I, I believe in Vandy this year. I, I I'm not saying they're gonna go out and win eight games, but AJ Swan's a good quarterback. Um and I, Will Shepard, I, I think, is an all-SEC talent, you know, caliber guy. And... Yeah, they have some reasons this year to be interested in them. I agree. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think I think they have a real shot to turn some heads this year. Um, and they've still got a couple years of A.J. Swan. I mean, he was really good a year ago, and, and Shepard, this is like a, this is draft year for him, and I think they're going to be fine. You know, you know, with Clark Lee, they're going to be solid defensively. That'll keep them in some games for at least a half, three quarters. Um, but yeah, I think with the schedule, even though it's backloaded, you've got some interesting games. You know, what's what's Florida going to look like on October 7th? What is Auburn going to yeah. look like on November 4th? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and there's some look ahead spots there with some of their opponents where they could be looking ahead to you know, a game that they have next week on the schedule, or they could let somebody beat them twice, lose and then head into to Nashville or playing Vandy flat. And then, you know, they slip up and, and, and take an L. So yeah, I, I'm not saying they're going to win seven or eight, but I think four and eight is a little too far down for Vandy. There's certainly a pathway to six and six for Vanderbilt. And it's not like a totally crazy path either. No. Yeah. I mean, just beat Missouri and beat Wake Forest and yeah, either and upset Florida or Auburn. Kentucky or Auburn or yeah. Florida. Or or Kentucky, yeah. So um as far as the West goes, Schlebaugh has LSU at, at, at number one in the West. So you've got a rematch in Atlanta between Georgia and LSU. He's got LSU going eleven and one. Which I would, uh, since he said that they beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, I wonder who that loss is to. Um, got Alabama at ten and two, A and M nine and three, Ole Miss eight and four, Mississippi State seven and five, Arkansas at six and six, and he's got Auburn at five and seven. I would be very interested in seeing the schedule breakdowns for these predictions. Arkansas at six and six is interesting. Two brand new coordinators, but you do have KJ Jefferson back, and you've got Rocket right. Sanders. I, I'm assuming Schlebaugh probably thinks two new systems being implemented is going to be a lot. They might take a step back. They did lose quite a bit defensively, but um, that one stuck out to me. And then um, Mississippi State seven and five is interesting. Brand new offense. Um, you know, first year coordinator there, Mike Leach, you know, the, the aftermath of that tragedy, how is that program going to respond? And, you know, maybe it's a little unfair to ask for that program to respond so quickly because of how tragic everything was, but that's an interesting one to me. Yeah. Mississippi state. I'm kind of fascinated too. I mean, obviously Will Rogers has had a great career. You just wonder, 
like you said, so much change, you know, not just obviously the the tragic loss of Mike Leach, but you're you're not just changing coaches, but you're also changing your offense. Um you know, fairly drastically, it sounds like. So just how well will that take hold? How quickly will that take hold? Um, I Mississippi State, I think, is kind of a total wild card in a lot of ways. I think they could, you know, it just – there's just a lot of things that have to come together. But I, I think anytime you've got such an experienced quarterback, that bodes well in a lot of ways. Kind of the same thing with K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas. I think having those guys will keep them in a lot of games. And I, I think one of those teams, it's – you know, could could be a little better than we think. Ole Miss at eight and four feels about right. I yeah, think they fine. could. I think they could win eight or nine. I think the schedule is tough, and there's still a lot of variables defensively. I, I believe in this team to win eight or nine. I think the offense is going to be even more dynamic, and I do think Pete Golding takes this defense to another level. Now, is it going to be a level high enough to win eight or nine? We will see. Um, but I, I believe that 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 he can get it done defensively. And again, I think Jackson Dart in another year in the system, you've got new weapons, Trey Harris, Sakari Franklin, Jam Griffin, Caden Priestcorn. You've got a lot of uh, offensive line experience coming back. You got starters returning and some, you know, an influx of talent and experience as well. Um, and then, oh yeah, by the way, you got Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Ole Miss, really his West standings, I'm, I'm fine with them. I'm talking about Schleyball. Yeah, that's like pretty fair. I'm, I, I think that's about as fair as it gets. Now, I do think, obviously, it just feels too perfect, you know, like each team living up kind of exactly to what we think they will yeah. do i think there's going to be some sort of somebody's going to either fall apart or like you know we've talked about texas a maybe they fall apart and arkansas jumps up or maybe alabama slips a little bit and you know old miss jumps up a little bit i i think i don't think that's going to be the ending order of finish but i do th- i understand why you would pick it you understand what i'm saying right yeah yeah um yeah it, it's it's interesting to say the least of okay, LSU and Bama at the top. Okay, sure. But then yeah, AM nine and three, that seems like a perfect storm. Ole Miss eight and four, you could say it's a perfect storm. And then yeah, pretty much all the way down. I mean, there's not the East, it feels like he went super hot take, shoot from the hip, and then the West, he went back to the, you know, dusted off the eraser and went chalk. Um so yeah, I, I mean, miss- I, I really like as far as the standings. I think they're pretty good. I, I feel Kentucky is the one that jumped out to me as a little high, and South Carolina a little low. If you flip those two, I, you know, and yeah. maybe Vanderbilt's a little underrated too. But I, I'm, you know, like you said, it's 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 a fairly safe list of predictions. Running through the rest of the Power Five before we close up here. Um. He's got Clemson beating Florida State twice. I don't know if I buy that. I think Florida State wins the ACC this year. I think they win the ACC with one loss, and that'd be to LSU to start the year. Um, yeah, I, I think they're good too, yeah. Um, as far as the Big Ten, 
Um, he has Michigan beating Ohio State again, um, which is has them winning the Big Ten, which I... Eh. Yeah, if you if you made me pick it today, I would say okay, because Michigan has their quarterback situation figured out. JJ McCarthy right. coming back, Blake Corms, uh, and Donovan Edwards are is, yeah two of the best running it's backs in the team. country. And yeah, I mean Ohio State the other day. I mean Ryan Day's doing a straw poll to staff to, to ask who he th- who they think should be the starter at quarterback. Um, now whoever it is. You're going to be throwing to Marvin Williams Jr., Emeka Ibuka. Like you're going to have plenty of people to throw to. Um, Ryan Day kind of in a similar spot as Nick Saban, where he this is the first time in a while he hasn't had you know a guy at quarterback, at least at right. this point. Um, you know he's still trying to figure that out. Another thing that was interesting here, uh, Schleyball predicts Michigan to win the Big Ten West. Thinks that Luke Fickle and and Phil Longo get it done in year one. Oh, um, you mean Wisconsin? Oh yeah, who did I say? Oh, I think you said Michigan. Maybe uh, I. Okay, I, sorry. I've got if a lot I of did, in my head. No, that's fine. But <laughs> I saw I yeah. saw the other day that uh, the backup quarterback for Ole Miss, Luke Altmeyer, is going to be the starter at Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. He has he has the Illini going seven and five up there with with old Bert. Um, so they're uh. Turning things around slowly but surely there under Brett Bielema. Um, this one is is interesting. I feel like this is kind of a just by <laughs> the process of elimination of all the other mediocre teams. He's got Texas winning the Big 12. The interesting thing here that I cannot wait for this game. He has Texas Tech second in the Big 12 at nine and three. I think the Red Raiders like are going to shock some people this year. Yeah, I, I I will not profess to know much about Texas Tech's roster, but yeah, that's going to be some of those games are going to be pretty spicy, you know, with, yeah. with Texas leaving the the Big Twelve, Oklahoma too. But uh, but yeah, you know that's that's interesting. The last one here again, I don't agree with Mark. He has SC winning the Pac twelve. I'm high on the Huskies this year. I think Washington wins it. I think they get it done. Um, I just don't think Alex Grinch can fix that defense enough. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is that Washington, whew, they have got a hell of a schedule. I don't know if yes. you've looked at it. Um, it I haven't is, looked at it in a while, but uh, it's tough. I remember somebody saying it's open with Boise State. You go and to Boise Michigan State's kind of back a little bit. They'll, yeah, they'll be solid. You go they'll to Michigan. You go to Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's going to be bad, but still road game. Then you've got at Arizona, Oregon at home, at Stanford, at SC, Utah at home, at Oregon State. So those are gonna, some tough road games. Yeah, you're, and they're all. I mean, everything is all packed in there together. Um, right. you've USC got by Utah and back to back weeks. Yeah, by between Arizona, Oregon, but yeah, it's tough sledding. If they win the Pac-12, it'll be absolutely one hundred percent earned because that schedule is tough. And yeah. make all the jokes you want. I think Pac-12 is going to be pretty good this year. 
I, I do too. I think especially at the the top three or four teams are going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, I think SC, Washington, Utah, Oregon, and Oregon State will be very good. Yes. And I, and actually, now that I'm like that, you know, Arizona is better than they've been. They're still – I don't think they're quite ready to take a step into the top part of that conference. But Jed Fish has done some good things down there because that was – you know, that program was in Colorado territory where they were just awful about three or four years ago. Um, yeah. But, but they're a little more respectable now. And I think, you know, it's it's been interesting seeing Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State uh, just because I, you know, he's 10 years younger than me. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> he is 32 years old. Like that is that just kind of blows my mind. But he's got good energy, obviously, a guy from Oregon supposed to be recruiting really well. So. We'll see. And then, of course, the Deion Sanders Roadshow will be – It's a, that's going to be a fun conference this year. Yeah, and I, I think Colorado's going to be bad. Oh, I think Colorado's going to be bad. But too. it'll be I fun. Just, right, exactly. If you're going to be bad, at least be interesting. And, you know, the, the Pac-12 should be so fun, they ought to keep it around a little longer. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just combine what's remaining with, right, the, with like, the Mountain West and just call it, call it even. It's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, why don't we, I, I think in like 20 years, it'd be like, well, it'd be nice to have a conference with all the Western schools together. It's like, yeah, we had yeah. that one time. It was called the Pac-12. <laughs> uh, yeah, Colorado, they were 1-11 a year ago. They only won one game in the Pac-12, uh, I think. Colorado was the worst. That was the worst college defense, like, of a Power 5 school I've ever seen. Arizona was playing to them. And Arizona had a good quarterback, that Jaden Vlora. And, you know, they weren't yeah. bad offensively, but they rolled up like 750 yards. I mean, it was like, it was an absolute slaughter on that side of the ball. And I, I've just never seen, and that was actually the week Carl Durrell ended up after that game, he got fired. That was a, that was a sad press conference, man. Cause it was, it was me at like, a reporter from maybe the Boulder paper or something like that. And, you know, I oh. didn't know Carl. And so I wasn't going to sit there and be like, so Carl, and the, you know, the first, so this poor reporter from Boulder's like, so do you think you're getting fired? And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> and then like 12 hours later, I mean, it was rough because you could see it, you know, when a, a guy's face, Carl Durrell's face looked much like Ed Orgeron's after that egg yep. ball loss. I was going to say you know, just, Houston nut after Vanderbilt. Yeah, just that that look of the face, like, oh no, I have messed up badly. Yeah, um, the and, the the Joe Bluth, you know, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I, I you know I'm not, and this isn't really a indictment on Deion Sanders. He might actually be able to get it turned around somewhat, but I think yes, they're going to be bad this year, definitely. That guy from the Boulder paper had to have just been either so stoned or he was stoned at one time and then was stone cold sober because he had to ask Carl Durrell if he thought he was getting fired. <laughs> I mean, it was just, yeah, it was one of those because you kind of had to ask. I mean, it was already, but, and, and I give the reporter, whoever he was, credit for doing it as delicately as possible. Um, but with, while still asking the question, yeah, that's that's brutal. You never want to, you never want to ask that question. Like, there's reporters don't relish that chance. Like, right, you're not exactly. Like, that's I, what, I went to, 
I went to college to be a journalist because I want to ask when people think they're getting fired. Like no one wants to do that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's part of the job and like you do it. But that was always my thing too, like covering the old Miss, like NCAA case and everything. Yeah, that's part of the job. And there were aspects of it that were kind of interesting and everything in the back and forth that it was obviously high drama and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I didn't go to college. I wasn't like growing up dreaming. It's like, yes, maybe someday I'll get to cover a four-year NCAA investigation over loaner cars. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, again, that's part of the job. You do that stuff, but I enjoy sports. That's, that's why I wanted to do it. So anyway, but college football there is is fun. I've I've learned to kind of appreciate the the silliness of the off the field stuff too. I do uh, I do love the the final prediction and hot take we'll talk about here from Schleyball. I do like his prediction of Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. being in New York for the Heisman. I hope so. If that happens, that'll be a great send off for the Pac-12 because obviously that means both those teams were were pretty good. Because yeah, you got I, I mean, you got to remember, you know who's in LA now, coaching up Caleb Williams, Cliff Kingsbury, your boy. That's right. He's already, uh, you know, he's he's molded a Heisman Trophy winner before, Johnny Manziel. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and that worked so, out. That was by the book. Yeah, uh, and look, Penix. I mean, people forget. Got through for 4,600 yards last year and 31 touchdowns. He was great. He was was awesome. He was really, uh, yeah. Kalen DeBoer in that offense is a lot of fun to watch. You got to stay, if not for anything, it's the last year of Pac 12 after dark. You got to stay up for just to watch Penix and watch some Pac 12 games because that offense is a ton of fun. And yeah, I mean, I think Washington's going to be really good. And, but yeah, I don't hate that prediction. I mean, I think SC has a chance to run the table and so does Washington. So, those two quarterbacks will definitely have a case to be in New York. In a lot of ways, I really hope that the the Pac-12, I know it's falling apart after this year probably, but um, I, I think it's important. It's good for college football for the West Coast to mm-hmm. be strong, you know, at least a few teams. And I think if we really got a good, you know, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, kind of dueling awesome West Coast quarterbacks and, Pac-12 has a good year because it's just it's been a long time. I mean, that, you know, the SEC, as much as, you know, I covered it forever and you're obviously still covering it. It's it's awesome that that league has has grown into such a beast. But I I think that any any league like that needs a a good foil. And I think the Big Ten, to a degree, plays that with Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan. But, yeah, yeah, I just think I just think college football is better when the when the Pac-12 has some juice to it. I do too. I, I agree. There's there's some some yin and yang there with the SEC, you know, the Southeast versus the West Coast and the the contrast in styles and coaches and landscapes and all that. Um, speaking of contrast and styles, we're not going to do all the games, but we'll talk about the one, the big one, this weekend, Navy, Notre Dame in Dublin, the midshipmen, new head coach. They're not running the option. They are. Uh, I mean, when's when's the last time Navy wasn't running the option? Do we know when that was? Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, I don't. You know, I had to look up their coach, Brian Newberry. Uh, Brian Newberry, who's currently he had previously served as the team's defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, 
Navy without the triple option, I don't even know where to begin with that. I have right. no idea how that will will play yeah, out. Obviously, I, uh, I'm sure Notre Dame's a huge favorite, and they've got to be uh, home field and advantage in Dublin. Uh, twenty and a half. That feels about right. I it, for me, it's hard to touch that game because there's just so much unknown about Navy. But right, yeah, um, I, that, I I don't know that how good still it feels right. Yeah, Sam Hartman, you have to think will elevate Notre Dame a little bit, just experience, and he's a better quarterback than what they had a year ago. But, yeah, I mean, what's Navy going to look like? They don't have that that little bit of edge running the option and how it's just hell to prepare for. They're they're breaking in a, a new scheme, and I have no idea who their quarterback is and how Newberry's first year will be. 20 and a half, yeah, I'm not touching that. I haven't looked deep into that one yet. We'll have our, our full picks podcast episode coming out later this week where we will talk about it, but yeah, that does feel about fair. right. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels fair for what, what and, we Na- and Navy was bad last year. Yeah. Which is so, why they have a new head coach. That's correct. <laughs> so Ken Nehemiah yeah, Tololo you, is, is gone. See, and, uh, which he was there forever. Wasn't he there like 15 years or so? He, he yeah, had a he good was, run. He was there, yeah, past 15 years. They were four and eight a year ago. So, um, right. They, that's what they happens had when you're there, where almost every year it seemed like they were nine and three and a, a pain for people. Yeah. Here's where you knew it went wrong. Ole Miss averaged more rushing yards per game than Navy did last year. I, now that, I, I mean, that's not good for Navy, but it also tells you how good Ole Miss was on the ground last yeah. year. They were awesome on the ground. Last year. I mean, yeah, I mean Navy, Navy Navy still averaged 241 on the ground. Well, for Navy, like that, that is not a good number. I think usually they aren't they in the 300s usually when they were rolling well under that. Yeah. So last year, Air Force was number one at 310. <laughs> and then Ole Miss at 258, Army at 253, and Navy at 250. Hmm. That's yeah, pretty elite, uh, elite company running the football when you're right up there with the uh, I was about to say, Old Mess was as good of a, you know, kind of conventional offense at running last year as I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's pretty uh, – Get to see some wild. USC. Play San Jose State. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one. Um, right, uh, good enough that I'll turn on the TV for that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be I'll about. be I'll be in the basement all day Saturday regardless. I I, I will be dialed in for UMass New Mexico State. <laughs> that's that's why they pay you the big bucks right there. <laughs> the people in Las Cruces will be vibing for sure for that one at a uh, six o'clock kick. But I will yeah. I will say Las Cruces is a beautiful town. I enjoy it because I have when I drive back to Mississippi, I have to go you have to go down through tucson and then las cruces el paso and then all the way across to dallas but las cruces is my stopping point because that's a nice it's kind of a cool campus and anyway that's my that's my plug never, for new mexico state for today but yeah las never cruces been nice town. never been to new mexico it's an underrated to go. state it's kind of like the West's version of Mississippi in some ways because it's okay it's small and it's kind of forgotten about but the people who are there love it yeah, I um, I definitely want to go check it out. Um, definitely want to go to Los Alamos now after seeing Oppenheimer. 
I want to go. <laughs> I want to go check that out. Um, but yeah, I've also heard they have a pretty underrated public golf scene there. They've got some nice little munis there. I wouldn't. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised though. The weather there is is pretty awesome most of the time because you get you know it's the yeah. dry desert kind of yeah. air, but it's not quite as brutally hot as Phoenix can be sometimes. So. As a mountain, I'm sure they've got good golf, right? Yeah, the scenery is amazing in that state. But uh, but yeah, so week zero kicks off. Or I guess it's week one, um, per the ESPN site. But whatever, it's football. Who cares? Week zero, week one, week, you know, eleven, week yellow. It doesn't matter. People will be glued to their TVs. <laughs> um, I know I will be. Navy Notre Dame get everything kicked off from uh, Aviva Stadium in Dublin, and uh. We will have more podcasts coming out this week. We'll have our picks, like I said, uh, coming to you so you can gamble on this week's slate of games. Uh, David, we appreciate you as always. We'll be back next week to talk Ole Miss and Mercer and the rest of a full slate. We've got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. It is going to be – it's already here. It's already here. College football's here. Woo! Oh, yeah. I'm excited. No, I think this is going to be a fun year. And I, I just think it's it's going to be good for the sport. You know, all this, it's been kind of a depressing, not to, I don't know if depressing is the right word, but an unsettling <laughs> month just with the conference realignment. You know, it's just, it's felt, you know, once the games get started, the games are almost always good. And I think that that will. Oh, yeah. That, that always helps. Yeah. Football is football, man. I, I will, I will watch it. Now, college football is 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 what I'm referring to. I'm not 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 a big NFL guy, but yeah, any kind of college football, I, I'm in. So, um, all right, that is going to do it for daytime fireworks. More podcasts this week. Don't forget home field apparel Saturday, August 26th. Ole Miss collection will be unveiled. It will be on the internet. For your purchase, homefieldapparel.com, promo code TOC23, 15% off. Get excited. It is going to be electric. So for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next time, we out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.